Hello and welcome to another SPAC Insider podcast. I'm Nick Clayton, and this week my colleague Marlena Haddad and I will be speaking with Lily Shen, CEO and President of Transfix. Transfix entered into a $1.1 billion combination agreement with G-Squared Ascend One in September. It is disrupting the freight trucking industry with software tools helping both shippers and carriers manage their operations. Transfix's platform also serves as a digital marketplace for freight in what remains a heavily analog business. We talk about how the past year's supply chain challenges have put a spotlight on technology players like Transfix and how further advances in things like autonomous vehicles will play a part as well. G-Squared Ascend One CEO Ward Davis also joins us to discuss some of the longer-term financial alignment features that his SPAC included in the deal and why Transfix stood out from the pack. Take a listen. So the supply chain has really come into major focus over the last few months in a way that I feel like we haven't seen in a long time. And while I definitely want to get into Transfix specifically, I'd love to start just talking about the status quo a little bit. What struck me the more I've learned about these problems is how many of them aren't so much new issues as symptoms of a logistics system that has kind of always been chaotic and inefficient. So Lily, could you just describe a bit what companies are up against trying to get their goods shipped these days? Absolutely. Uh, As you mentioned, there is so much going on in the supply chain today. There is increasing complexity. And, you know, one of the reasons why there's why disruption is actually so needed in this space is because not only is the industry incredibly fragmented, but what you're also finding is that there are many, many silos across the industry. And because of that, there is just lack of access uh, to freight and capacity that's actually needed. There's lack of transparency, and quite frankly, you know the the experience of of being able to, to the experience of being able to get shipment from point A to point B is becoming increasingly harder. Uh, therefore, I think the role of technology and data and a far far better user experience is is really needed in the industry today. Yeah, and for Ward, you know, logistics was one of the six mega trends that G Squared Ascend said it would focus on when it listed last February. You know, what made that sector really come into greater focus for you and what made Transfix stand out to you in your target search? We identified back in 2019 that freight, transportation, logistics was an area that was uh, maybe uniquely um, distant from many other industries as, as the most ripe for technological disruption. And so uh, we began to make investments from our private funds back in 2019. Invested in a host of different companies and, and really, frankly, evaluated just about every private company of scale in the space. Um, and you know, Transfix was for us one uh, that stood out. We were invested in our private funds. Um, their execution uh, well surpassed those of its peers. And uh, the management team here really is, is second to none. Importantly, um, uh, compared to some of the other digital freight brokerages, uh, they have a management team that's both got firmly one leg planted in um, technology uh, with, with spec, you know, really, really strong experience and, um, and unique backgrounds, but also one leg squarely in uh, the freight business and, and some of the legacy freight companies with, with really sound experience up and down from top to middle management. And that was really what attracted us to, to them and also to the broad opportunity in, in the, the freight tech space. 
And so would you be able to expand upon that a little bit more? What makes Transfix different from a traditional freight brokerage and what feature advantages does it bring over other digital freight brokerages? The, the, the biggest issue is that the legacy freight brokerage businesses are, are by and large uh, operating much the same way they did you know, 30, 40 years ago. They have many, many offices across the country um, with dozens and dozens of salespeople working phones and um, arranging freight demand from shippers and using a supply of, of everything from mom and pops to individual owned operator truck carriers to some cases, large scale operators. And those, those business models are, that's a, it's, a, it's a legacy investment. It's kind of akin to thinking about retail uh, where it stood in the early 2000s on the Epi and you started to see the digital e-commerce players come into the market. Um, and so these companies, they had to continue to invest in their brick and mortar stores, but also invest in e-commerce technology. And obviously we know now from history that many of those legacy businesses ended up not being able to ultimately compete. And so I think what we're seeing in, in freight is something very, very similar, although clearly in the early innings, but also in a business that's, that's incredibly fragmented. It's important to note that even just in domestic freight brokerage, it's about $120 billion industry. And yet all the legacy publicly traded companies headed up by C.H. Robinson comprise less than 20% of the market share. And so given how fragmented this space is, with no brokerages carrying more than 3% market share, Lily, how does M&A play into your growth plans? You know, I'll start by answering that, uh, talking about our core business. And I think that's actually really important because we have truly taken a platform level approach. So really looking at the opportunity at both the macro and network level and building our technology. So it's truly a many to many matching system, you know, but with improved software capabilities that live on top of the marketplace that make it extremely easy for shippers to work with us and also for carriers to work with us. Um, and I think that improved experience not only brings, you know, more access, visibility, transparency, you know, to the constituents we're talking about in hand, but it really helps them grow their businesses. As we know, uh, I think there's, a, you know, there, there's volatility. And I think with every marketplace, it's about bringing balance or some level of balance to the imbalance in supply and demand. And that's where the role of technology and data comes in. Now, with the platform that we've built, we think there is tremendous opportunity with M&A. Um, you know, we have grown our business considerably over the years. And as we continue to grow and as we think about the market opportunities ahead, you know, we think there are many opportunities to be able to fold in other businesses, really leveraging our platform capabilities. Yeah, I bet that's really interesting. And, and I want to get into some of the, the specific data side of your existing business as well, because, you know, your platform is not only just sort of connecting loads with available capacity and optimizing based on space and timing, but you also have tools that incentivize the freight carriers themselves to up their game. Can you describe how some of that works? Happy to. You know, some of the software offerings that we have built on top of our marketplace, such as our fleet management solution, uh, really enables carriers to be able to access freight real time, in addition to being able to manage their fleets more effectively. If you think about uh, many carriers, the ways in which they're managing their business is actually still pen, paper, post-it notes, whiteboards. Uh, and we've built a modern interface that makes it incredibly easy 
for them to be able to do this, you know, real time and, and using modern software. And because of that, they can leverage that in addition to the platform capabilities to, to really grow their businesses. And we've done that similarly on the shipper side. So, you know, I think in, you know, we've actually built a transportation management system for shippers that's not just providing the software, but it's software plus. We have the software and service capabilities that enables shippers to be able to manage transportation for them, but also be able to access the execution capabilities that we've built over the years. Great. And if I understand it right, there's also some of the data that's being taken in is on some of the pain points of uh, of the shippers as well, including you know times where they have to wait for extra time for shipments and things like that, and and, and the carrier's own on record when it comes to that you know comes into it, and so it, it's really about tinkering with and, and improving performances sort of all over. Absolutely. We provide data analytics and insights to all the customers that we work with to really help them be able to more effectively move freight and find the best carriers for the lanes that they're running in and also for their operations. We provide uh, analytical capabilities so they can better understand uh, how the facilities are actually performing as well. I think the the combination of the tech and services and the analytics we provide just really helps them make better decisions and more intelligent decisions moving forward. Sure. And looking at your financials, you've done some optimizing internally as well over the past several years. And, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people expect fast growing technology companies to, you know, they're going to have to burn some capital to maintain growth and EBITDA positivity may be a little bit, you know, in the future. And that's the case with Transfix as well. But I was struck uh, by the fact that Transfix is also hasn't just been content to burn venture money at whatever rate it will come. You've made some strides in reducing G&A costs and found other ways to keep things tight. Could you get into a bit of your efforts there? Absolutely. You know, from day one, we've always been very focused on building a sustainable business. I think that as we, you know, as we've actually grown over the years, we've been very thoughtful about the customers that we work with, the freight that we take on, the carriers that we work with to really provide an enterprise grade solution to everyone that we're working with. And being able to provide that not only to the enterprise customers, but being able to democratize that for even mid and smaller shippers as well. We've been able to grow revenue every single year. And in 2020, we grew revenue by over 41%. And we grew gross margin by 104%. And we've done this by really driving our direct processing costs as a percentage of revenue down over the years. And to us, that really speaks to how our technology is working. What we're not doing is buying revenue. And what we're not doing is really just driving growth for the sake of driving growth. Um, you know, we're really approaching this and building uh, our business sustainably uh, and, and, you know, and bring value to the customers. So sticking with current events, we recently saw President Biden announce plans to keep California ports open 24-7, but we've also seen a massive shortage in truck drivers. How do those factors impact Transfix's business? There is a tremendous amount of change going on in the industry right now, and that includes the intervention of the federal government in an effort to really help increase the number of drivers and to really make it easier for, for drivers that we do have. And, you know, obviously they're, they're looking at this at large and I think that's great. 
And I think that should be and will be a continued effort. You know, to really improve the supply chain, I believe that this requires a collective effort. So certainly in terms of technology we're building, but also really bringing together various players across the ecosystem, across the public and private sectors, but also with the government. As we think about driver shortage, now that's that's an interesting question because obviously I think that's been very top of mind for many people, but there's also a counter argument to that. While there is a driver shortage, I would also argue there's a lot of inefficiency in the system at large, right? So if you think about it, 30% of miles driven are actually driven empty. And to the extent that a platform like Transfix can really ensure that trucks are constantly filled and carriers can make, be making more money. That actually drives even more efficiency into the system. So we've also spoken on this program with SPAC targets that are working to see driverless trucks take over a portion of the freight workload, such as Embark and Aurora. How do you see those technologies impacting your work at Transfix? I think it's incredibly complementary. When we think about supply and capacity, we actually think about it very holistically. So obviously, are there the carriers and drivers that we're working with? And you know, over time, I think that AB can also continue to complement and augment that supply. Uh, and the platform that we're building is built in such a way that supply, uh, no matter if it's a truck or AV company, can be plugged into that to leverage the freight and relationships that we have at the enterprise level. Right. And, and moving back to the, the SPAC side of things a little bit, Lily, what made you decide that now was a good time to go public? And how did you come around to the decision to go the SPAC route rather than an IPO or just continued private rounds? Well, as they say, with any business decision, timing is everything. Uh, we have incredible momentum in the business. Um, you know, we have an incredible partner in G Squared Ascend One. Uh, we've been working very, you know, we know we know G Squared since 2019. They've been an investor in Transfix, and they really believe in our long-term vision of the company, and they've seen us operate. I would also say that in addition to the momentum in the business, there's incredible tailwinds in the space as well. And for us, that actually equates to a huge opportunity for us to accelerate the growth that we're seeing. And I imagine as well, just simply as, as we've been talking about, supply chain is, is front and center. And, and you know, you, I'm sure you know there's only so many pure play players that have technology that is really kind of at the forefront of, of, of dealing with some of these problems. And you know, the headlines probably are would you know help you being in the public markets. Absolutely, everyone, especially over the course of the last couple of years, has really realized the importance of the supply chain, consumers included. I think everyone has truly felt personally some of the, the impact of, of the supply chain. And I think it speaks to the importance of it and the importance of the trucking industry, which I believe is the lifeblood of the U.S. economy. If you think about it, almost every single good consumed in the U.S. is put on a truck. And so everything that is done in terms of in terms of building more technology and data to drive more efficiency into the system, you know, not only brings benefits to the customers and carriers that we work with, but to to you and I. And, and for Ward, as you went about sort of assessing the, the value for Transfix, you know, the, in terms of the publicly listed comps, you have, as you mentioned, there's, there's some legacy players there in the logistics space. There are other uh, technology players that kind of touch upon different parts of logistics. How did you go about kind of coming up with a you know, evaluation metric for, for Transfix? And what were some of the figures that sort of stood out as being the important ones? Yeah, we, we used all, the, all those different groups of comps, logistics, legacy freight brokerage businesses. 
and some also some marketplace businesses to just give a broad backdrop of comps that we thought would be appropriate uh, to compare and contrast to Transfix. It was important, I think, to, to, to ensure that we were looking when we growth adjusted for Transfix's outlook for the next few years that in, incorporated that into our valuation framework that we were bringing Transfix as a, as a new, new business, the first pure freight tech publicly traded company um, that we brought, we would bring that at a discount to those comps. So importantly, you know, we think the valuation is, especially when we look at in our private funds business, many of the transactions that have taken place in growth stage for private companies, we're, we're coming at a fairly notable discount, only a 5% premium actually to where Transfix did their last primary round of financing as a private business two years ago. Uh, and since then have actually you know, grown over 120%. So we think that the valuation, it's also important to note that the, the comps, particularly the, the legacy freight brokerage businesses have been, for many of the reasons you talked about earlier, all the problems in freight, uh, we have a really strong tailwind. And so the legacy freight brokerage businesses um, have been amongst the best performers in the S&P since we announced this deal, this business combination back in September. I think C.H. Robinson is, is up over 20% now since, since then. And Lily, what strategic benefits do you think you'll be able to reap from teaming up with G Squared specifically? I really respect and uh, have really valued uh, the partnership over the years. You know, they've been incredible partners to Transfix. And as we accelerate uh, and move forward, you know, I, I would say, you know, we have very aligned views on the opportunity here in the market on the value of the platform that we're building and how we're going to go about that over the years. As we think about growth over the course of even the next three to five years, we're incredibly excited about the, the capital we'll be able to uh, deploy to really continue to grow our core business offering, to continue to grow our software offerings and to continue to grow uh, new business lines as well as M&A. So let's say that everything goes to plan. Transfix expects to add 372 million to its balance sheet through this deal. Can you tell us a bit more about how you plan to put that capital to work? Yes, absolutely happy to. As I mentioned, we're 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 planning to continue to invest in our core business. So, you know, investing in sales and marketing as as well as engineering. All the momentum and results that we've been able to deliver to date we've been able to do with uh, very little, as a matter of fact. And so it's a great opportunity for, for us to be able to accelerate the core business. And, you know, as we, as I mentioned, you know, we launched our software offerings really about a year ago, and we're looking to invest in, in go to market and our sales and marketing efforts there, as well as engineering, you know, to continue to drive adoption of our software businesses. And lastly, I think it just, there's huge opportunities for us to go into new business lines. Every customer that we work with, um, you know, we work with the Walmarts and Unilevers and Targets of of the world. Uh, and as you can imagine, they're operating across every mode. And, you know, we have an opportunity to grow with our customers and expand our offerings in, in that way. And, and lastly, as I mentioned earlier, I, I do think there is an incredible M&A opportunity and inorganic opportunities for us to continue to grow the business as well and drive more value into the system. 
Great. And I'm sure you get a lot of questions from folks that are kind of asking uh, questions kind of guided by with the, with the sense that all these SPAC transactions are the same, but we at SPAC Insider know that. Of course, that's not the case. So, I mean, Ward, could you talk a little bit about how you align the interests between both the sponsor and, and Transfix with the, the terms of this deal? Importantly, the sponsor promote capital for Ascend One, and frankly, for all of our, our SPACs, comes from our, our private funds, comes from our LPs. So we, as the general partnership of G-Squared, only per- participate in a derivative of that, namely the carry. So the investment in G-Squared Ascend One is, is a line item in our private funds. Um, and that was important because uh, our intent uh, was to really provide another avenue for our portfolio companies to be a capital solutions provider uh, to the best growth stage businesses in the world in the technology realm. You know, Transfix, you know, it was important. They were one of the companies we first invested in in the freight tech space. So the interests are, are, are very aligned from that standpoint, uh, somewhat unique within, um, within SPACs. And on that sticky question of the of the promote shares, how well are you stuck into this position as as the SPAC sponsor? Because it's not all of those are the same either. So as I mentioned earlier, we're, we're, we are investments across our private funds, and we have you know seven year timeframes for those private funds. The other element is that we are backstopping the transaction with a uh, hundred million dollar forward purchase agreement to backstop against redemptions. All of that capital, uh, we've assured to have a minimum of a one-year lockup, but importantly, half of our economics are in the form of an earnout uh, with a third, a third, a third triggers at 1250, 15, and 1750. Uh, so we think our interests are very much aligned for a long-term uh, positive outcome. The other sort of unique attribute here is the facts. Many of them kind of have a bad name in part because they either struck the valuation at extremely high level and or to try to live up to those expectations. Um, the bankers or the sponsors got companies to, to put forth estimates that were mm-hmm. unattainable. And so many companies that kind of missed uh, their guidance uh, right out of the gates in some cases. And so in our case, we priced it very well. The comps are up as I mentioned, pretty significantly since we announced the deal and through uh, three quarters, Transfix has um, produced results that are running well ahead of the, the guidance that we provided on the deal. Great. Well, we're very excited to see what you guys are going to be able to do um, you know, through this transaction and beyond. Uh, can you just give me a quick update on, in terms of what you're looking at in terms of the timeline? Sure. So we are, um, uh, we've been making our filings for in terms of the amendments to our S4. We would like to think um, we would be going effective in the next few weeks. And the plan is to, is to schedule a vote and have a DSPAC towards the, um, you know, by, by the, by within the first quarter of this year. And, you know, importantly, as, as part of our transaction, um, you know, we're putting in um, up to $100 million of, of forward purchase agreement to backstop Transact uh, backstop the transaction, including 50 million of which from our private funds is um, is insured to go on on Transfix's balance sheet. Uh, so we're very firmly aligned from from a long term perspective. Great. Well, we've seen it be an extremely interesting year for this space, and a Transfix does seem like it's really coming at the right time. I, I appreciate uh, both of you guys being on it. Thanks so much. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you very much.